Our second reading comes from Paul's letter to the church in Philippi. Uh, The church is quarreling. And he says, beginning in chapter 2, verse 1, Therefore, if there is any encouragement in Christ, any comfort in love, any sharing in the Spirit, any sympathy, complete my joy by thinking the same way, having the same love, being united, and agreeing with each other. Don't do anything for selfish purposes, but with humility, think of others as better than yourselves. Instead of each person watching out for their own good, watch out for what is better for others. Adopt the attitude that was in Christ Jesus. Though he was in the form of God, he did not consider being equal with God something to exploit. But he emptied himself by taking the form of a slave and by becoming like human beings. When he found himself in the form of a human, he humbled himself by becoming obedient to the point of death, even death on a cross. Therefore, God highly honored him and gave him a name above all names, so that at the name of Jesus, everyone in heaven, on earth, and under the earth might bow and every tongue confess that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of God the Father. Therefore, my loved ones, just as you always obey me, not just when I'm present, but now, even more while I'm away, carry out your own salvation with fear and trembling. God is the one who enables you both to want and to actually live out his good purposes. The word of God for the people of God. Yeah, I thought, I thought, like, you know, there are a couple ways to go with the passage, and, and some, we talk about humbling yourself and, and lifting up others. You can take it to the extreme in a way that you feel like you got to beat yourself down. That's not what it's about. So I decided to go a little more fun, okay? Um, college football. Marching, how many have been to a college football game and seen a marching band display? It's amazing, right? I mean... I'm always just amazed at how complex, how elaborate, and how precise all these things can be done. And I don't know if you've ever worn a band uniform. Not the easiest things to move around in, let alone lugging around big instruments and passing in between people. I'm just impressed. And uh, in the Purdue marching band, there are over 383 people playing dozens of instruments, playing different notes at different times, right? moving different directions with different destinations. Uh, I looked into their, uh, their webpage, and their band verse says this. It says, In the band we march and swagger as we play for old Purdue. At the halftime we do shows no other band on earth could do. When we cheer, the earth will tremble, for we're known throughout the land. As the best in marching music, we're the Boilermaker Band. Pretty catchy. <laughs> Thinking about the band, I think, is going to help us with this passage. Because this band, they're all of the same mind, right? They have the same goal when they take the field. They're united. They're even uniformed. A part of something bigger than themselves. But they are a necessary part of that bigger thing, right? It wouldn't work without each and every one of them. They're moving in step. They're living in sync with one another, and to create something that demands the attention of anyone in attendance. 
If any one member decided that the focus should be on them, all would be lost, right? If one member decided to quit, everyone would suffer, even those watching. If any one member wasn't practiced and prepared, the entire effort would be hindered. It's a a lot of commitment, 383 people. A marching band can do it. Apparently, the church in Philippi was having trouble. So Paul writes to them. Now, he, he talks to them about being in Christ. You are in Christ, which sounds good, right? Sounds good and churchy. Well, what's it mean? If you're in Christ. I mean, as a kid, I was like, I'm in Christ? Like, am I in Christ? Like, Christ is here and I'm in Christ? Like, or, you know, I always struggled with having Christ in your heart. Like, you know, if I got an x-ray, would I see Jesus in there? You know, as a kid, we use this language and and it sounds good, but what's it mean? In Christ is this understanding of being in the household of God. Okay, there's a reason we call God Father. And the reason is because God's a creator and God is the household head. Okay, so in ancient times, if you wanted to figure out who someone was, you found out who their father was. And we still do it, right? You have the name of your father attached to your name. And that's, it's still kind of the way we practice. So when people say, have you ever had someone say, oh, you're a member of such and such family, and that tells them something about who you are, right? Yeah. In Darlington, I know that's... Everyone knows one another, and uh, you know the names, and I've seen it. I've seen the, oh, they're a such-and-such, right? <laughs> Or, oh, they, they are so-and-so's daughter. Yeah. There you go. Don't throw rocks, though. But yes. Yeah, we understand what it's like to be a family, and in, in their day, there were people that didn't have a head of household. They were slaves. I mean, they had an owner. They were widows and orphans. Some of that language helps you understand when they say, God as Father, this is a household you can belong to and have equal standing. Yes, even the slaves and their masters stand equal before God. You see why slave owners in the South and America did not let their slaves go to church. I want them to hear this stuff. But that's what it, that's what it is to be in Christ. We are a member of a household. We our siblings, yes, sisters and brothers, bandmates in this wonderful life, co-workers in the redemption of the world, partners in the building of God's kingdom. Sounds good, right? So we are in Christ. It says all those things. The whole idea of God as Father, yeah, it's this ancient idea, but it's more than just having a family belong to. It says something about who you are because it has a history behind it, right? If you become a part of the family of God in Christ, now you have all the honor or the shame that comes along with that family name, which is why you should be really careful about what families you marry into, yes? Because you got to carry that burden. And it's the same thing. If you're going to enter into the family of God, you're all of a sudden getting all the honor or depending on how the world defines it, the shame of being in the family, of carrying the name of God, and don't carry it in vain, as one of the commandments says. Because it's not just about what you get as you enter into the household, it's what you're agreeing to live into. 
which is a much different way than we live. See, again, in the Eastern culture, honor and shame were big. If you did something bad, you didn't feel bad about it because you did it and you have to deal with it. You feel bad because your family now has to deal with it because you have the same name. And you want to honor your father at all times, the head of your household, because if you bring shame upon yourself, you bring it upon your father. It's a big deal. It's family dynamics that maybe some families operate by, but not anything close to what they operated by. So if you're going to take the name of God be in Christ, it's a privilege and it's a responsibility. Just like signing up for the band, right? It's a privilege, but it's a great responsibility. Yeah. And accepting this place, it's, it's incredible. And I don't know that we think about it enough. We come to the church and we just kind of think, well, we'll be on our best behavior here. But when you carry the name of God with you, it's everywhere. Because God's everywhere. As a kid, they used to tell me this was God's house. And I used to think, well, I'll see you, God. And I walked out the door. It's not, it's not the way it works, even though sometimes we kind of maybe live like that, don't we? Or is it just me? So Paul breaks it down because he says, look, you have the honor that comes with the membership, but there is an expectation. So he's focusing on how Jesus is the truth about the nature of God. And can you point to God? Can any of you say there's God or here's God? So if you had to answer the question, someone said, tell me about God, what would you say? Prior to Jesus, what would you say? I'm a member of the household, you know, what's that mean? Well, you might start that conversation. What Jesus was came to be the living flesh truth about who and what God is all about, which is kind of a big deal. And that we might know the identity of God in an intimate way that they could actually touch, right? There, There are scenes where people touch Jesus. They're touching God. That is a big deal. You ever been around someone famous? It's different to be in their presence, right? And even touch them, just it's an analogy we can think about. How do we know God? Well, through Jesus. And then Jesus says, you're all invited to be a part of the same relationship that I have with the Father. What? Really? Do we understand that good news? So Paul breaks it down, and he gives a few things. It's three things. He says, think the same way. Check. We're done, right? Got real quiet in here. A way, another way to say it is set our minds on the same thing. Like a marching band, we all have different instruments to play, different notes at different times, different rhythms, but our mind's all in the same place. Our mind is on the same goal. So even though we're different, we're all trying to achieve the same thing. We're following the same composition, the same will. People like to say that America is so divided right now all of a sudden. I'm like, no, we're not. We're not any more divided than we were way back when. We're just aware of it in a way that we could kind of ignore before. And we're sorting out. What is the like mind about what it means to claim to be an American? And I think that's a great discussion, and it's painful, but we're going to get there. We're asking really good questions, and it hurts, doesn't it? It hurts, just like the church in Philippi. I'm sure it hurt to have some of these conversations, but what is our goal? Do we have a like mind? Are we going to the same place? 
Number two, he says, have the same love. And we find the self-giving love of God on full display in Jesus, whom Paul says died, and not only died, but died on a cross. That's a powerful statement of love, on the love we're called to, to as a member of the household of God. Now, we are to love each other in this kind of way. Not that we try to love and, and grasp at the chance to be bigger and, and Christ-like to say, look at me, because that kind of defeats the purpose, doesn't it? We're not trying to be highly regarded. Rather, we're trying to empty ourselves completely for one another, regarding as everyone else as more worthy than we. And he's talking to the church, okay? It's got to start here. We look at each other and regard each other as more worthy than we are. We've seen it, right? We've seen this kind of love of the Father through the Son who emptied himself and came to walk among us and to be humbled to death, death on a cross. This is the love that we sign up for when we become a member of the house of God. Finally, he says, be united and agree. I think this might be harder than loving each other, right? We don't have to agree on everything, right? Do we? Do we have to agree on everything? I mean, what fun would that be, right? But we're founded upon the same base, okay? The number one thing we can all agree upon should be the same. And nothing should get in the way of us living into that number one agreement. God is first. Always. Not political parties. Not national boundaries. Not pay grades or education levels. Not privilege and entitlement. Not histories. Not family histories. Because we don't belong to our families the same way we did. Because we are now all in the family of God. And God is first. Do you love God? then what we disagree on is okay, right? Any disagreement shouldn't be affecting our relationship with one another as siblings in the house of God. If your disagreements affect your relationship, maybe it's time to step away from that arena and take some time away from whatever it is that's causing the problems. Take a step back. I don't need to participate and say what I have to say, and I don't need to be hearing what other people have to say because really I can't handle it right now. And that's okay. That's showing a strength in your weakness, right? If your emotions get stirred about political statements, perhaps you just need to step back and get a clearer picture about who it is you say you stand upon and what you say your life is about and what you were founded upon. Is it God? If you're having trouble loving your neighbor as yourself or your sibling as better than you, Perhaps you're not standing upon the foundation of a Jesus who emptied himself for us to display what God's love is all about. And you know what happens? It happens. We do this. I've done it. I still do it. I will do it because I'm human. I'm going to get better at it, hopefully, and you're going to help me. But we got to admit it. So I had a struggle. 
I had no idea what had been said last Saturday evening as I turned on football Sunday morning and started hearing about everything. And I'm on Facebook, and I got on Facebook and started seeing all sorts of stuff said, and it, it stirred up all sorts of emotions in me. And I said, you know, I can't handle this because I'm not going to be able to not respond, and I'm not going to be able to not get upset or angry about things I'm seeing. So I, got, I deactivated. I got, I'm going to stay out of it. I know my limits. And you know, it's helped my relationships with those people, whoever it is that's saying whatever, because I'm not hearing it anyway. And that's helping the relationship, yes? It's good. I had to admit that. I had to admit that I am out of rhythm with the bigger thing going on in this life. I'm getting wrapped up in smaller discussions, and it's affecting how I live out my bigger yes as a member of the household of God. I was following a different rhythm, a different drummer. I was out on the field, but I wasn't playing along. So I had to step back and ask, whose rhythm am I playing, really? Is it mine? Is it someone else's that I think is God? Is it someone else that I believe has better answers? And in those moments, as hard and humiliating as it can be, I have to think bigger and I have to think better because I've committed to it. And it's a commitment that I have to recommit to every day. I'm a member of the household of God, and my brothers and sisters are all around me. I'm, I have to recommit to them and recommit to my calling. And the good news is that I'm always welcome to join back in with the band. Think about that. We've all messed up, and I'm sure, who's messed up the biggest? Yeah, share, what'd you do? No, I'm kidding. We can compare. It, it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. We're all welcome back in the band. Now, I, I can never be separated from God because of Jesus. Amen? I can never be rejected from the household of God because of Jesus. Amen? I can never be kicked out of the band because of Jesus. Forgiveness and redemption, that's what God's all about because that's what Jesus was all about. Jesus is who God is. Jesus embodied the love of God for us to show us. Jesus is the love of God on full display on the cross. And when you look at the cross and you envision Jesus on it, that's the love of God who's the head of our household. So what would it be like if every person who said yes to Jesus lived according to Paul's decree of set your minds on Jesus, be united in Christ? And remember that God is first above all else. What would that look like? We're going to find out one day. Wouldn't that be amazing? Yeah. So what if we were all on the same page with each other? And all on the same page across this globe? What if we were all in sync? Playing our part. Trusting the composition of the Father. The world would take notice, yes, at the beauty and the power on display in the same way that I have to watch when I'm there. People will watch. The life of God lived out in harmony, that would demand the attention of the world. So I ask you, church, will you find your voice? Will you grab your uniform each and every day? And will you join in the song? Say yes to Jesus and march to the beat of his drum. Can we do this? Amen.